Anchor is the best way to make a podcast. This is Josephine Electric, the lead singer of Family Electric Ghost. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record your podcast so it sounds great. So distribute your podcast so you can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Now, you should go right now and download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. This, again, is Josephine Electric, and Anchor FM is the best way to do your podcast. Hope you join us out there in the podcast blog sphere. And uh, we look forward to listening to your cool tunes and tones. This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we are live with the Vibrant Shadows, the alternative pop duo from Shawnee, Oklahoma. And um, we've been a podcaster since 2018. We've had about 60 guests from international bands all over the world. And we're glad to uh, welcome the Vibrant Shadows to the program. So we're going to talk to you guys, but we've got your YouTube video and uh, for your latest single. And what we like to do with the podcast is we like to um, show people, um, you know, the, the artists that we're talking about. On the previous podcast, when we were audio, we, we couldn't actually, you know, just, uh, have people look, look at or listen to the music. So we're going to play your new YouTube video, um, and we're going to queue it up. We've got it set up for uh, Trapped. So if that's cool, we'll talk to you on the backside of it, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go on mute, and then we'll we'll get back into it after. Okay, so maybe a second. I'd have to do something. You have to turn off my green screen because it messes up the video. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to get into your new song. It's for Trapped. It's a, that's your official video, right? From YouTube? It's official lyric video, yeah. Yep. Okay, so we're going to get into it now. Oh, 
the vibrant shadows and the video for trapped and we're back so yeah i, I like the video because it's um, i'm a bedroom producer mm -hmm. and i've been a bedroom producer before um the pandemic but i think that video kind of captures uh the, the 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 life of a bedroom producer <laughs> yeah really. and it's pretty cool i like the you know you're showing you like you're, you're on your you're on your like um your MIDI controller, you're on your guitars, you're on your mic stand, and you're you're editing. You see, you're editing. You're putting on your makeup. You're doing all this, working on like art for the video or art for your project, yeah. art for your music. Uh, and that's kind of like like where everybody has to be right now, compared to like mm -hmm. you know where we used to be touring. I think we spend more time on our craft and the other thing parts. You know, we've been able to do that more. Um, because um, the pandemic's kind of forced us to do that. <laughs> yeah, you. and that part has definitely been fun. Yeah, you actually, do you like the fact that you actually have more time to craft, like, your art compared to, like, typically a working musician, we spend more time touring because that's where we get the most money and we got to get our name out. But during the pandemic, it seems like most of the bands I've been talking to for the last year and a couple months, I've been spending more time like on their work on their art yeah we've got we really liked getting to like spend more time like sing on our music and our sound and just having fun getting the art yeah i think that's that's a part of the process that a lot of times we don't have the luxury of doing that we got you know a couple of weeks a year to go and record the rest of the time you know promotion and playing and and all the other stuff that when you're doing it yourself, um, that's interesting. But let me get into the questions um, that I always ask bands. Like, when did you first get into music? Like, what age? Um, we've both music since we were pretty little. Um, my mom's a music teacher and always played piano. Yeah, I started playing piano when I was five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we've just always done music. Um, and I, like even as a little kid, I started writing songs. I always wanted to be a singer. So it's kind of just something that we've we've always done. That's interesting. I think a lot of musicians, if I go back to, I mean, I started on on a clarinet in a like you know like a a, a, a school band, and then I realized mm -hmm. you can't really you can't really use a clarinet to write. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I got I got into piano, and then I said, well, piano is kind of boring. You know, I like Elton John. I like, you know, I like Billy Joel. But it's like, I, so I, I started looking at people like Keith Emerson 
and uh, like the old Genesis. And I said, well, I need to get into synthesizers. So then I got, you know, I'm a child of the 70s. And so I was like, what, you know, listening to Pink Floyd and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I need to get a scent. I need to go find. So I go to pawn shops and try to find scents. Got a band together, you know, in the basement. And, you know, we just the birth MTV was coming. There's like 78, 79, and 80 yeah. comes along. Yeah. And then we start seeing all these bands. And then my basement band, we're like, ooh, let's try to be like The Clash. Let's try to be like Duran Duran. Let's try to be like <laughs> New Order. Let's try to be like Joy Division. And so, like, we were kind of in the middle of all that. And ever since then, you know, I just kept on doing it. Uh, all the other guys got married and stuff. I kept on doing it. And um, here I am podcasting. And I used to love to listen to um, college radio. And it seems like to me the internet is the new college radio. And yeah, that's how I then, find band, bands yeah. like you, <laughs> your band. Yeah. Um, so, so like when you first got into music, who, who inspired you? Um, we've pretty much, we've always been pretty fans of Paramore. I would say that Paramore was like my biggest influence, like growing up, like through middle school and stuff. I just, mm -hmm. I always loved Taylor Williams. Yeah. Same for me, Paramore. <laughs> is, uh, is that the primary influence or are there other like bands that you're into? I would say probably, the, but we also were really influenced by like Halsey, uh, Fantagram, it was BPS, mm -hmm. Five Sauce and Billie Eilish. That's interesting. It's it's weird because um you know I like I said I'm a child of the '70s and stuff so I kind of go a little bit back. But one of the like, artists that I think you kind of sound like I don't know if you heard or heard of them Juliana Halfield and the Blake Babies. Um, they're yeah. like a like an indie alternative female um like lead band, and then also I think a little Liz Fair, you know Sleet Sleet or Kinney, Kinney um. You know that type of sound and even if you go back like you know the runaways were kind of like the inspiration for a lot of bands like l7 and stuff but um just like one of the things i like to do with this podcast is i tend to interview more female bands or female artists just because i think a lot of women are doing the kind of stuff that was interesting to me back in the day you know back during the yeah. college radio time you know, you had bands like REM and Joy Divisions and the Duran Durans. They were doing really interesting things. But I, I find it's more female artists that are actually doing stuff that interests me as a, as a, as a listener. Okay. Yeah, it's just different, I think, today. I think it's like, cause a lot of people have not given, um, I think, female artists the, 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 the chance that I think they need to get. I think it is the kind of age of a female singer-songwriter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you guys, um, how have you handled like um, the lockdown? It looks like you guys are like a duo. So you're kind of like, you're in a, like a pod and you're working. So you don't have to like worry about like, oh, how are we going to put the band together? Like if you got a four piece band, which I don't know, maybe you have drummers and stuff, but like, is it harder for you guys to, to like put together your songs or you have other members of the band that you don't, can't get to? No, it's kind of just us, and we we live two minutes away from each other, so it's we're kind of always together. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't have a problem where you couldn't like collaborate. No, 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 because it basically would have been if one of us had gotten COVID, the other one probably would have gotten COVID. So we probably would have been quarantining together. Well, that's a good thing because I I was just dealing with some bands where like you know the drummers are having a hard time because they can't like 
like if you have a physical drummer like in a rock band right and you're trying yeah. to everybody can collaborate pretty easy through like your daw mm -hmm. but the drummer tends to have a harder time doing that and so it's yeah. Like, yeah it's hard for like drummer drum bass like a physical drum bands that still have physical drummers mm -hmm. uh we're having a hard time during the pandemic and they know it's like a big big issue even bands that had like set horn, horns yeah, it was like, yeah it's hard for them to like get the vibe without the rest of the band being in the mm -hmm. same room you know but um yeah it's been hard but i think like we said like you guys have you been able to, to be very productive during this whole time yeah. yeah we've actually we've been able to write more music since the lockdown mm -hmm. um because you know we can't really go anywhere so it just gives us more time to like hang out at home and write yeah and then since like because we're both we're both in college um mm -hmm. all of my like lectures and stuff are still online which makes it nice because i was having to drive 40 minutes to go to school and now i have that 40 minutes that i get to be at home and then I don't have to worry about going places. So it gives us a little extra time. Yeah. So yeah, a lot more times like, yeah, it, 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 like I'm a bedroom producer and I'm a, I, I'm a remote worker. Um, I'm yeah. it's not surprised I'm electronic music. So I'm into it. Yeah. So before I used to have to fly somewhere and then I only be able to come home on the weekend and work right now. Okay. I can just, now I can just stay home the whole time. So like I'm in my bedroom, like, so I have my work stuff. And then the other half of the room, I have all my sense. <laughs> so yeah. then it was like, so I was okay, it was like, okay, once I'm done, I don't got that two hour commute or four hour commute, yeah. and I can just boom, go right into recording. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of like we have, I have my desk over there with all of my school stuff. And then like this is normally our music corner and it has all of our music stuff set up. So yeah, you got the same thing. I got the, yeah. I got like half the rooms full of Moogs. And half the rooms full of laptops. Yep. <laughs> so uh yeah, it's interesting. So you guys, I see you're using like MIDI controllers mm -hmm. and I see you're using the DAW. So we get into that kind of production aspect. Were you always kind of like using the DAW and doing your own home studio? Or did you did you go to recording studios? I know you had a band before you were in this band. Was yeah. you did you typically go to a recording studio with your band or did you kind of do it yourself on like a like Ableton or pro tools or something um with the other band we we would record a scratch track with the band um we didn't actually do any of that ourselves and then we would take it to a studio um a home studio someone that we someone that we knew um but then after we left that band and we started doing our own stuff i had gotten into recording on my own um because mm -hmm. i'm in music production school now and oh, so, like, that's, I that's a good like, thing. <laughs> yeah, I had gotten all the equipment and stuff, and so I was doing things, and then we just started doing it completely ourselves. Do you like the freedom of not having a producer like reinterpret your work and be able to keep it closer to your original vision? Yes, most of the time. Yeah, there are times where I'll feel stuck, and it would be nice to have like someone with the experience of a producer to like listen and say well you could do it this way and this could you know sound better like this but most of the time yeah we like having that freedom yeah because this seems like the age of like a lot of pop music there's like a you know 10 big producers just to not be yeah sure. yeah and they and they tend to kind of clone and reclone their work yeah. and and it works but the question is like if you're a singer songwriter you're a creative type right do you really want to sound 
like everything that guy's doing or right, or do yeah. you, or not, do you really. or do you want to actually be able to have your own voice you know cuz when i was growing up you know listened to somebody like liz fair with exile and guyville that was like a revelation cuz she was willing to do this lo-fi sound mm-hmm. very kind of punk inspired and i've always been a big i'm a synthesis but i love punk aesthetic i yeah. Yeah, i like like the ramones like the runaways mm-hmm. like the clash the sex pistols replacements it's like that who's gonna do black flag i was like listening to sst records sub pop before nirvana went big i was just listening to everything sub pop hat and yeah. I was like, to me that was like that's what i like to hear because like it feels like there's a lot of honesty when you get a singer songwriter right so yeah. you feel like you're you're hearing you're listening to a story it's like a like a sound not um, picture or a sound painting and you get to really feel what that artist is trying to say, you know, and I, I'm kind of a person that grew up on albums, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not a playlist type person, it's kind of new for me. When I go and get an artist, I want to listen to like, just that. Is that hard? Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I, I definitely am an album person. I will get obsessed with an album and listen to like just that album for so long until I get tired of it. And then I'll go find another one. Is that hard as an artist today to realize that the way your audience listens is primarily on playlist and you're like part of this playlist and is, you know, having to get their attention by constantly having to put out stuff. Does that, is that make it hard as an artist today to not be able to just focus on like projects like EPs and albums, unless that's what you do. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sometimes we, We've been trying to like focus on things as like a single individually. So each song that we're writing, we want it to sound pretty distinct um, among the rest of them because of that. So that it stands out a little bit, but also like we want people to listen to our music, but we also, if we want to put out an album and put things in an album, we'll, we'll, we'll do that anyways. That's cool. So, are you, are you, so is this song, the new song trapped, is that part of a bigger project? Yes. Yeah. Is that due for this year or is it going to take longer? Or are you going to put it out as like an EP? What What are your plans? Uh, we're kind of at this point, we're hoping to put them, the songs from the album out like one at a time yeah. as a single. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll be collective in one album. Mm-hmm. So is that like more toward the end of the year or for um, like fall? Yeah. yeah. Probably more towards around like January. Yeah, probably the beginning of next year because we, I think there's eight songs that mm-hmm. we're working on for it. So we still have quite a bit to do. And then we have to get like the money to pay to get them mixed and stuff. So yeah, yeah. That's always the rub. I think, yeah. I think that's the big thing that people don't realize with musicians ever since Napster, right? Because I grew up having to go to Strawberry Record Store, right? Or whatever record store it was around and buying a vinyl or buying a tape or buying a CD. I kind of went from vinyl to tape to CD to like vaporware <laughs> where, where it's like, okay, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but, but I, 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 I do get frustrated when I watch my, my 21 year old daughter um, giving like $20 tips to YouTube gamers yeah, and then, and then not buy, not paying for music. Uh-huh. And, and I'm kind of like, where did it that somebody playing a video game gets a $20 tip? Not that I'm against it, 
but it's yeah. hard to get anybody to buy even 99 cent um, download yeah. for an art, for a musician. I think people need to understand how much work musicians put into their craft between the, the time that they don't get paid for to craft it, right? The, the practice you have to do, the, the mixing you have to do, the mastering you have to do, the instruments you have to buy, the tools mm -hmm. you have to buy, and then people just stream it for 30 seconds and say, oh, I'm going to the next thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is hard. Yeah, that's something yeah. that we've talked about um, in some of my classes a lot is that like it's become like expected for musicians to just put out music where you can access it for free or for really cheap and not pay for it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like the only way that I've been able to, you know, survive as an artist is that, you know, I'm a podcaster. Yeah, my, my podcast, I get more income from my podcast than I do for my music. Mm -hmm. so my podcast helps my music because it mm -hmm. gets people to go check me out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I get to collaborate with people. I get to do influence marketing. I get to do uh, sync licensing. So if I go and I do something as, as you know, you might not even know that I'm doing some like music on an ad or a TV show or a 30 second this and that because I don't have the ghost on it. But yeah. it's, like, it's like, but the ghost is my passion. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And all these other things fund it. Mm -hmm. But it seems like you have to do all this other stuff to do what you want. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which really stinks. It's like you yeah. want to do the stuff that you're passionate about. Yeah. I, yeah. It's I just agree. difficult. And I guess without touring, you know, it's been hard for bands primarily on our model you know, if you do a club, if I do do a club in New York, I can get a pretty good payday. Right? Mm -hmm. If I do a club in Boston or I go to Los Angeles or I go somewhere, I can get paid. I can sell merch. I can sell T-shirts. I can yeah. sell vinyl. Without that, you know, you try to do these online concerts and stuff, and it's like difficult to make income mm -hmm. unless you unless let you sell your T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Like you so say, you, you sell your T-shirt. Then you can make money, but the music you did didn't really make the money. The T-shirt made the money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So how how have you guys like since you're going to school and stuff? Have you guys got business courses or you know people coming up with ideas of what to do to fix this? I'm actually in nursing school, so I'm not I'm not in a field anywhere near to music. Okay, but but you're in the engineering part though. Yeah. Um. We do. We have to take um a couple music business classes but because i'm a production student we don't go into like yeah. the marketing things or anything it's just like basic like if you get this big you should probably get a manager and like a, a yeah. lawyer and this kind of stuff and how this works and how copyright works we don't really talk about um how to make much money on <laughs> well the, what you're going to school for you can actually do pretty good though you know because yeah. That that's actually how like a side gig. You know, I'm doing a lot of production with you know we're doing collabs with people. I'm doing something with this guy in Holland. You know, I did something with this spoken word poet in uh, Canada. You just you know you just end up working with people. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know the, the, what I try to do with the podcast is this podcast becomes like a scene, right? It becomes a place where other musicians like find each other. And, you know, since 2018, I've actually had artists I've interviewed who have watched another artist and then decided to go collab with them and go work on projects. Okay. And kind of just because they got, because I try to create this kind of community. So you're like, this is like Peg in itself, Van Miller Ghost, is an idea to create a collective. 
of, of musicians, not just electronic music, music, music musicians, but any genre. Um, and to that degree, we're doing an online festival that we're inviting all of our guests to like in July from the 16th to the 17th. And we've got alternatives where we found some bands don't have the bandwidth to um, actually do it live. Mm -hmm. So they could give us an MP4 of a oh, live okay. performance uh -huh. and we can run it. And then maybe we could do a live little part. We introduce it live yeah. and then play it. So for bands who can't get that to work, they don't have the audio interface or they don't have the webcam that could do it. We have that option. That's cool. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're inviting you if you didn't realize. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, it's, so you guys, like, like I said, I've heard bands that remind me of you. Like, you know, like, like, like I think the Blake babies were like Juliana Hatfield three, you have a sound like kind of Sleater Keeney a little bit, but you're unique. You're not cloning them. You're just kind of in that space. Yeah. Which I don't understand. I mean, those are bands I grew up with more in the nineties, mm -hmm. you know, not as current as the, what you guys listen to, but I do hear a little bit of those bands in what you do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was, I guess you guys started like when you were 14 or 15, like how, how did that happen? Um, so like I used to sing all the time, like in elementary school and stuff at talent shows. And then when I was 12, um, some friends and I did a, a local talent show in Shawnee and we won. And so then from there, we just decided to like kind of stay as a band. Mm -hmm. And so we kept performing and then we added Lauren um when i was like 14 yeah. my uncle was just like hey you should start playing guitar so that you can be in this band and i was like <laughs> okay that's pretty cool so i i taught myself how to play guitar and then we started playing live shows and all around shawnee so do you both play guitar yeah kind of Does one <laughs> of you play bass and other play guitar or just two guitars i i play bass yeah. i play bass better than guitar Oh, so you found, is there that you tried guitar and then you found out you liked the bass? Um, I played bass in jazz band in high school. And from there, I just, I liked playing bass. It just made more sense to me than guitar. Mm -hmm. and so I just, some people I, like, yeah, it's weird how some people pick up the bass and find that they, they, they are drawn to it more. Cause I remember yeah, when I, I don't know. Do you like the idea of like the rhythm, like part of it? Or like there are some bass players that are very melodic. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's some bass players that are more like locked in with the drummer. Mm -hmm. Are you kind of in between? Uh, I would. Yeah, probably in between. I just when I listen to music, usually the, the thing that I focus on the most is the bass line and the vocals. That's what mm -hmm. I listen to. And so it's just easy for me to pick out the bass line and hear it. Yeah, it's interesting. And some people like are music fans and they can't even tell the difference between a bass and a guitar. And yeah, you ask yeah, them like, yeah. for the bass line. It's like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> but like if you're in your musician is like you're listening to a record and it's like like I'm I'm a big Who fan, right? It's like John Entwistle to me is like one of the greatest bass players ever. And I just used to love the fact that he could play like a lead bass. If you uh -huh. listen to the Who, his bass lines are not typical of a bass player. They're actually very much like he's soloing through the whole song. Even though he's staying in rhythm, but he's staying in rhythm with a guy like Keith Moon, who actually wasn't a traditional drummer either. Cause he was soloing through the whole song. Only Pete Townsend was actually keeping a rhythm with the rhythm guitar, which is an odd 
huh. situation. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. Who is not a normal band and how you would like teach people how to be a band because everybody's kind of going off as individuals and they're not, they're almost like they're falling apart all the time, but it works. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not the best example to teach somebody like by listening to the who. <laughs> and that's where my band started. We listened to the who first and everybody said, well, that's not the best place to start. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, we're kind of like, well, we, we were contrarians anyway. So we want to be punk. So we don't care. We're going to do whatever we want. But um, yeah. is, is that like uh, when it comes to like music, do you like that kind of idea of the punk aesthetic or the grunge aesthetic or that kind of indie sound? Or what, 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 what's your favorite type of music? Are you drawn to more pop punk or punk or alternative or maybe describe I really, it? I really like punk and grunge music. When we first started in Should Have Been Blonde, we were we were more leaning towards like pop punk and that was the kind of music that we were wanting to make. Um, and I, for a little while was into like metal. Um, and then I kind of drifted more towards like the alternative rock music. And that's kind of where we've ended up is like alternative rock, alternative pop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause your stuff is poppy, but it's got yeah. this punk aesthetic. I can mm -hmm. hear yeah. like, you know, that's why I say I hear this kind of Liz Fair or the Sleet or Keeney. You hear this kind of punk aspect to it like a wild flag you, you kind of like but it's you know it's cool to have that kind of hook because uh -huh. like you can be punk but you can be so distorted nobody can hear the hook nobody can hear the melody but with your stuff you yeah. can hear the hook you uh -huh. can hear the melody it's kind of got that 80s new wave feel new romantic feel which yeah. was like everything is kind of pop oriented but you've got the little harder edge you know which is yeah cool. And I think that's always fun because I think like when you guys play live, is that does that carry over really good? That kind of punk aesthetic feel. I think so. I think it's I think it's a little bit more prominent when we play live. You get to have mm -hmm. a little more fun with like the vocals that way. Um, mm -hmm. I think. So it's yes. Fun. So when you play live, do you just go with like um, using like an Ableton live type of setup, and as you're a duo and you're running like your drums and stuff off the PC? And, and like MIDI controllers, or do you actually get a real drummer or somebody to come play with you? We will be doing that. We haven't gone to play a gig like just us, but mm -hmm. um, we've played live a lot with our other band. But mm -hmm. for this, we probably will probably track um, like the drums and things that we can't do while we're on yeah. stage. But we want to do as much of it live as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I'm kind of like a one person band. So my setup is kind of old school i i do something that nine inch nails does i actually use like like Tascam and um zoom hardware recorders and then mute and unmute tracks uh -huh. and then play play over them with hardware sense so my thing whole setup is not pc based at all it's all based on hardware recorders being muted yeah. and unmuted tracks and then having like uh sequencers like arturia step pros and modes and rolling sequences hardware sense like i have nothing but analog and digital hardware sense my own mixing board so when i go to a place like new york i got my own board that i control my right. mix from before it goes to the guy and then i have all these foot pedals and controllers and i basically do like a one person hmm. show mm -hmm. but but because i use a lot of analog drum machines i use like mode drum machines and stuff so it has like a very organic feel and I can use like random voltage and all kinds of LFOs and stuff to control my clips 
are being controlled through like subtractive synthesis yeah. instead of being controlled through like MIDI. So they mm -hmm. sound a little more organic than normal. Uh -huh. um, it gives you a different feel. And I just found that I, I could have done it the other way, but to me, it's more fun to kind of not do it with a DAW and see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. When we do it, we'll probably, uh, we've used Ableton live when we Twitch stream mm -hmm. and we run our tracks through there, but I think we'll probably use, uh, logic. Yeah. We might end up using logic. We may just, I think we're going to do some run throughs with both and see what works best for us. Yeah. I've heard, I've talked to bands that use both, you know, though it's kind of like 50, 50, some people are totally in the logic. Some people are into Ableton. And then they got the rare bird like me that go out with just a bunch of modular stuff and do it off of clocks. Yeah. Is this, <laughs> I know? haven't used Ableton like at all. So yeah, I don't we really don't know, know how it works, it. but I use logic quite a bit. Like at school, we use logic and pro tools mostly. And so, yeah, it's probably it's better going. to go with what you, what it's usually what yeah. the way it is, whatever, you know, best, like kind of Murphy's law. If you do something live, it's better to do this thing, you know, the most. Because yeah. like then you have less problems. <laughs> yeah, that tends to be what it is. But I think it's cool that we're we're talking about going out and and doing shows again, because um, you know for the last year most of the bands have like we said been able to just focus on art, you know. Mm -hmm. But now everybody wants to get back into performance. Um, that's why I'm doing is kind of creeping back into it, this live thing, festival. But we're hoping that one day since we know some people in New York um, that we, we know a record label in New York that we've actually had the person who owns it on the show. Um, and we're hoping eventually that we can use some of the venues that they have access to, to actually do a physical version of our festival. In oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Hopefully by then people can travel easily yeah. from coast, coast to coast uh -huh. and, and then bands, Cause I want to create, like I said, this whole idea of having this collective of everybody I've talked to. Yeah, that would be and, cool. And then have, have a show where, you know, if I've had 60 guests in 2018, by the end of this year, I'll probably have 80, mm -hmm. you know, right now we're thinking we can do maybe 20 people over three days, um, you know, and we could make that, you know, however long we do it with multiple stages, you can. Uh huh. Yeah. Kind For of sure. like, you know, like the, you know, what happened with them? Like, you know, Odd Future, when they created th their whole festival, Camp Flogma, it was like mm -hmm. this idea that you take, like, control of your destiny by putting all these independent bands and running it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, what do you, what are you guys planning on, on doing for, like, maybe live gigs? Are, are you, um, do you have, like, stuff scheduled? We don't have anything scheduled. As far as I know... Like the places that we used to play locally, they're not really doing much live music still. Yeah, yeah. Um, still I don't think they're getting tight. any crowds in. Anyway. Yeah, it's still it's still hard until we get like herd immunity. Yeah, and then we really have to build like and figure out how we're gonna do our live show like with all of the tracking and stuff because yeah. that's all new territory for us. We really haven't ever performed with that, and so we're gonna have to figure that out. And then uh, we're before like i i just turned 21 in february so like playing at bars was hard but now yeah. we can like go and like try and watch music acts and try to get gigs that way yeah yeah i mean that's a cool thing yeah playing playing live is i think it's cool to do stuff on the net to kind of build up your capability yeah like one, one thing i've been doing 
since 2016, I basically have all these webcams and I, I, I do performances from my home studio, my bedroom studio. And I put on my ghost costume. It's like a LED hoodie and all this other stuff. But um, the, the whole idea, though, is if you do it live on Facebook or on Twitch or through like StreamYard, you get to, to see how that equipment works. Right. You, yeah, get, to, yeah. you, get, to, you get to try out your act. And, you know, if you mess up, you mess up. You can always delete it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there's not like we don't have that big of a following yet. So there's not a bunch of people watching. Yeah. So it's like it's our space to mess up and do mm -hmm. what we need to do in order to learn and grow yeah. to we be have, able to play those live shows. We have room to practice. Yeah. It's know? just good to figure out how your sound interface actually kicks over. Right. So you have yeah. your audio interface and then you go and listen to how it sounds on Twitch or listen to how it sounds on Facebook or YouTube. And then say, oh, I have to make these adjustments because it's like not doing it right, right? Yeah, and <laughs> a lot of the times, like we have our parents and our friends that will get on and watch. And so we have them like text us and tell us, hey, this needs to be louder. This needs to be softer. That way we can help balance yeah. it out that way. Yeah, I think it's just a whole process because once you figure it out, I just started getting into green screens and I started mm -hmm. getting into um, being able to like, put into effects you know the, my latest thing is to get video mixers that allow you to kind of do a round robin of cameras because because i'm kind okay. of serious about it so there are uh -huh. new type they're like rolling video mixers allow you to do a round robin you got like four cameras on right you can have one camera cool. you can have a video camera zoomed in on your guitar right or zoomed uh -huh. in on your keyboard and another camera like a wide shot and other shots and it will randomly bounce around the the um, those angles and being a one person band that's good for me but um if yeah, you have I, multiple people running you could actually physically run it um manually that's really but, cool. yeah and then when you can have hdmi level signals stuff coming off your soundboard and you can and start in, in, in introducing live effects into what you do so you can overlay all kinds of iphone like effects in uh -huh. real time onto your performance and the whole point of it is like okay if, if you want people to start paying for your live stream yeah you have to kind of do something a little extra to make it yeah. worthwhile that's like why would somebody want to buy that well you got to yeah. do something that you wouldn't just normally be like unplugged or something so yeah eventually yeah. instead of paying for the u-haul to go to new york i pay for the stuff to do online at home <laughs> yeah yeah i mean we went out and bought uh we have led lights we can hang up now and we got a fog machine just to like oh that's cool yeah you get all the cool stuff you can get you know yeah. because you put the green screen up and you start running video you do all kinds of stuff uh where you can like you know make you say you're like you're in outer space or you're hovering over yeah. the grand canyon <laughs> you never know you do something weird but um i just think it's cool that all the all these indie bands like yourselves are, are doing it yourself you got your own you're running your own destiny that you're you're taking charge of your career and i think that's cool because you know a lot of times when we get into music we ask people like well why do you do it right so i you you do music right because you love it right that's that's why yeah, you do it yeah and then if it finds the audience tends to find you right like if you're passionate about what you do i find that people will find you that yeah. your audience will like find you and say, Oh, that's cool. And not that you're trying to be somebody else and just trying to be the best you. Yeah. Then some of the people find you, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of just like putting your like most authentic self into like your music and what you're doing and then your online presence and just like trying to like vibe with people to get them to listen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. especially now. I think that's what people really want from musicians. They want you to be yourself and not be like something from the music industry. yeah. They want you to be honest. Yeah, in and who they, you are. they don't necessarily want you to be like this uh, person that they like look up to and like cherish. They want they want to see like how real you are and like the ways they can connect with you. It's not like there's they don't want that big divide. They want they want to see what you're like every day. That way they can relate to you better. Yeah, that's why I think the kind of grunge thing came in. If you think about it, rock stars in the '70s got to the point where you're like, you know, yes they were great musicians, but they turned their back and were so into the music. Like they do these 20 minute things and I'm a keyboard. So I'm totally into what they did. Yeah. But, but, but I understand how that kind of like isolated the audience and it's okay. These guys are virtuosos. I can never be, I can never do what they're doing. Right. It's like, like you listen yeah. to look at like a Robert Plant or, or Jimmy Page, like how are you ever going to be like that? Right. You're never going to match that. Right. So then when you get bands like the clash and the sex pistols and the Ramones and the talking heads and people it's like, Oh, I could actually do that. Maybe yeah. I could maybe. And so I think what happens is then people say, well, I feel, I feel something. I want to be a musician, but I don't want to have be so like classically trained that I can't even get there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That If I feel something, I can get there. Um, and I think that's why people, are drawn to like alternative indie grunge. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's still a place like I'm into jazz. So like, I, I, I want to aspire to be like in Miles Davis group or something or John Coltrane. And so I'll go stretch out my stuff with that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, can I, can I play with you guys? <laughs> you know, but that's a different thing. You're doing that because you're like, you're trying to do something like to expand your capability. Yeah. Um, and not everybody's going to, be into that but i think every musician has a kind of yin and yang of how far do you push it into stuff you're uncomfortable with and how how much do you stay in your comfort zone what what do you feel about that i i really like to try to push myself outside of my comfort zone um especially when writing music because i don't want all of them to sound the same um and i like i just i'll get bored like writing the same song structure or the same instrumentation. Um, and I want to hear something different. I want to do something different. And so like, I like to try a lot of different things and sometimes it doesn't turn out good and that's fine. Nobody has to hear it, but like just trying, like it, it helps me grow as a musician. And I think it makes the music that we put out better overall. Yeah. I, I find this one thing I was, I always ask artists, like, when you try to like say i'm gonna write a song today right and you sit down and you try to like i'm gonna write it right i find that that does not work for me what what tends to work for me is if i'm have a happy accident like i turn on my moog and suddenly my moog starts doing something i didn't expect it to do and then i say oh let me go with that right so it's kind of like if i was in a band and a drummer is just playing something and i come in i'm like oh what's that and then that I tend to, my, most of my songs are because I heard something I didn't even know I was going to hear, or my, some of my sense started acting in a weird way and I kind of jumped on it. And anytime I tried to really plan it out, it ended up being too contrived and I didn't like it. Yeah. 
I think ours is kind of both ways. Like we have one song that Peyton wrote. She had all the lyrics for, and then uh, she's like, I want this to be a keyboard song. And so she already had all the lyrics for it. And then I sat down and started playing the piano and we figured that out. But then on the other side, um, there was one song where we just like, she had a guitar riff and we started with that guitar riff and then we got the lyrics from that. So sometimes i'll just sit down and like go through all the synth sounds i have in my library and just play mm -hmm. on the keyboard until i hear something i'm like oh that gives me some kind of feeling let me kind of play around with that and then if a song will come out of it yeah it's just weird because um i think as you get older as a musician like sometimes you unconsciously like i've had some people say hey do you know you actually took this jazz like line off this like you know uh, the only is monk record and I didn't even yeah. know I did right it just yeah. it was in my head and I just started doing it and it's like or I took something for some 50 soul song and I and I subconsciously heard it and didn't realize that I heard it and then I wow I actually pulled that out of here and yeah. you just never know like how your mind works as a musician sometimes you you you, you take all your influences and then you kind of put them in this kind of hodgepodge kind of thing is like you know like if you're like a chili or a soup or something a gumbo of music yeah. like, it just comes out and you're like wow i didn't even know i was doing that yeah but um i think that's the fun in music i think mm -hmm. yeah, one, one of the things that, that i kind of like is um not like letting things be like if i go and i do five takes or ten takes and then i go back and i find out that the first two takes are actually better, but there was an error in the vocal or there's an error in the time, but it was so much better that I was like, you know what? I'm going to live with the error and actually put that version out because that one's closer to the truth of what I want. Yeah. Do you yeah, find that you good. can do that or do you like to make it perfect? <laughs> uh, it, it really depends so much of like putting out music. It's not just like being technically correct or like, being like perfect with like on beat and stuff it also has to do with like the performance and sometimes we'll have like a take that it may not be completely perfect like in time or there might be like a little mistake but the performance is a lot better than the perfect take that we took yeah. earlier and so yeah. we usually go with the one that just because you're trying to convey emotions mm -hmm. not perfection that's what I think sometimes I, I hear in some production today, this level of perfection that's like so it's actually not liberating because yeah. like if you hear it, it's just so perfect that like my example when I hear it is I go, go listen to Keith Richards on Exile on Main Street. Listen to how he plays his guitar. If you try to mm -hmm. track it, the BPMs all over the place. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 you can't get a perfect, it'd be very, it's very hard to play with Keith Richards if you try to play with him, if you try to, because he's not doing it exactly in time. It's kind yeah. of off. And, and it's like, that's kind of the genius of it. Right. And so when yeah. you hear people like that and you're like, wow, it's like, there's something about not trying to be perfect BPM, perfect pitch. There's, there's there's a there's a kind of honesty and feel in it and that's why i like you know like like kurt cobain i like i like nirvana I like joy division i like bands that are a little looser like more lo-fi because then yeah. they're allowed to 
to stretch out and and not be expected to have that that sound. Yeah. But um, yeah, I see that you guys are in the same thing, so that's cool. <laughs> not that everybody has to agree with me, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think it's great that um, you guys are doing what you're doing. You came out of a different band. Now you've got this project, and you're working toward like your first record, right? This will be your first yeah. full record. Yeah. I love to get bands when they're at this point. I've actually interviewed, like I said, up of like 60 bands. And uh -huh. I think it's it's really cool to see your growth because what I tend to do is like six months from now or a year from now, I have people come on the show like multiple times. Uh -huh. and, and and I've had a couple bands that like were just coming out. And it's yeah. cool to actually see where you are six months or 12 months down the line. Uh, mm -hmm. When you, you know, even two years down the line, I've been talking to people. And it's just, as a fan and a musician, I just like to see people grow. You know, it's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I will ask you to come on the program again when you're closer. Oh, to that. yeah. We no, that. we would come again. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, everybody should, should check out your single. We've got the link here. Um, one thing we got to let everybody know, we have been live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. We will send you all those links. They're going to be permanent. Um, if you do have like somebody that controls your YouTube, sometimes we get companies, um, we get a strike and say, hey, you didn't have authority to play that. Just let them know that you gave us authority so they don't take it off the podcast. Hey. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, the other thing is, is that we still produce our audio only version of this podcast. So yeah. within an hour. Um, the Spotify and Apple and like nine other platforms like Radio Public Overcast, all these mm -hmm. will eventually start to cascade on the net. And okay. we will send you like the Spotify and Apple versions. Okay. So, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you for being on the program. We we, we enjoyed it and we will ask you to be on again. <laughs> thank, thank you, you for you. having us. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you. So um, we're gonna. I'm going to go off right now. Um, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a, of a pitch that we run ads at the end of these. So I'll, I'll, I'll take you off, but um, ho hope you guys have a good day. Hope right, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is Fam Electric Ghost, and we're going to run one of our sponsors right now um, because we like to, uh, you know, support the podcast. So we, we have a tendency to, to, to be able to, promote the podcast we have to sometimes um bring in um folks who help support us you check out wickedflannel.com they are now a supporter of the podcast and they have awesome flannel shirts and other gear if you use the 15 percent off code phantom electric again the 15 percent off code phantom electric you can check out their awesome wicked flannel and uh we'd appreciate it if you do that because it helps keep this show free if you support the sponsors that we uh, push as uh, these ads on the show. So thank you very much. And then we can continue to interview ours from around.